this is the Share Chair Podcast, and I am Carly Baldus. I am here with a special guest today, Mr. Mickey Wallace. What's going on, Muskegon, West Michigan, worldwide, if you're tuned in on that podcast? Excellent. Let's give a little background to the people listening. Who are you, Mr. Wallace? I am Mickey Wallace. Next question. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm from Muskegon, Michigan, born and raised. I was able, fortunate enough to spend some time in different states, but Muskegon is my home. I am a Big Red alumni. I theater major, first year under Miss Carly Baldus's class, Woo! and I am a community advocate, volunteer, and on-air personality, performing artist, mentor, uh, you know, kind of a trail of things that influence the community and allow the community to continue to influence me to grow. So there's a quick snapshot for our podcast with Mickey Wallace. Awesome. Well, as you can see, we could do plenty of podcasts with Mr. Oh, yeah. Mickey Wallace and cover lots of different areas. One thing I'm just going to start off with, mm -hmm. you love to speak out in the community and talk to other people. And I'd consider and, myself an extrovert. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and so I'm curious, where do you think that came from? Where'd you get Ooh, that? I think it came from a need to kind of feel acceptance mm -hmm. initially. Uh, in my youth, I was uh, fortunate, I'm going to go with fortunate enough to live with a lot of different uh, family members. Mm -hmm. So I kind of became that favorite nephew, favorite cousin, you know, favorite friend, you know, different things by living in different households. It just kind of, uh, it kind of brought out that personality part of me that wanted to keep people happy, you know, mm -hmm. kind of not be in the way. And really, as I, as I grew with that, I realized that that needed some boundaries because if you end up pleasing people all the time, you never are happy yourself. And so when the boundaries began to establish, I began, I had to write a lot because it was hard for me to say what I felt. And I'm, I don't know if it's because I'm a Sagittarius or if it's just because I'm an outspoken guy, but I don't always have the, the tact in my words. I generally try to go clean things up after I say them because I feel like I got a good heart, but sometimes I might say things. So I began to write things out to okay. make sure that I would say them properly. And as I wrote things out, I began to formulate my thoughts better, which allowed me to speak well. And that just kind of led over into my love for music and wanting to be a hip hop artist and being able to MC events and being able to do public speaking events. So it really just kind of snowballed from youth with me really wanting to always kind of put that best foot forward with being able to kind of be not, not only a voice for myself, but sometimes a voice for the voiceless. That's so fascinating to me because we talk about how important uh, writing and reading and the English language is and mm -hmm. speaking skills, something we're definitely lacking in the age of texting. Oh man, <laughs> not an emoji for that whole sentence you just exactly, said right there. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So uh, I'm curious your thoughts about literacy and mm -hmm. education and the things that kind of you, it sounds like you kind of discovered on your own as you tried to interact with other people. Yeah, um, I was like I said, I was blessed in this, in this instance to have instructors throughout elementary, middle school and high school that saw something in me other than like a troubled kid, mm -hmm. you know, because so many times when you're 
not getting attention at home or your uh, social environment isn't as conducive to a beneficial upbringing, mm -hmm. you know, you, you can kind of act out. You can kind of look for attention in school. You know, you may be the class clown or you may be the guy who just kind of disrupts class sometime. Are you and, saying your upbringing was not ideal? I, oh, man. I mean, it, uh, there's so many kids in different situations that we would consider less than ideal. Mm -hmm. And so my is just one of many. I sure. would not say that I've had the hardest upbringing, but of course it wasn't the easiest. And because of that, you know, we're able to grow from that and relate to other people. So in my age now, I'm able to look back and say, man, I'm very fortunate. But then when you're going through it as a teenager, as an adolescent, you're like, this is this sucks. This is the worst, you know. Absolutely. And so, you know, what, what I what I was able to do and what I was blessed to be able to do later down the road was to use my reading, use my writing skills to c better communicate because so many times kids have or uh, youth have, teenagers have a disconnect with their feelings versus what they're able to relay. Mm -hmm. And when you don't have the words to really speak for your feelings, it comes out aggressively, it comes out angry, you get insubordination slips, you get, you know, write-ups. And I wanted to kind of help circumvent that you know yeah and, and get ahead of that for kids so when i start doing music i saw my music is always it's it's always i feel like it's deep all the time <laughs> it's mm -hmm. like i need to lighten up some time but i really feel that i come from a place of wanting to show our youth that you need to expand your vocabulary you need to read more often if it's comics you like read more of those if it's fiction whatever read more often write out your thoughts keep a journal keep a diary because it's going to help you reflect when you have moments of anxiety when you have moments of sometimes maybe our children dealing with depression mm -hmm. you're able to reflect on what led to that you know what were your days like before that you know what instance threw you off what helped you get back on and then you're able to better vocalize what's happening in an instant versus shutting down when someone asks what's wrong you know, so I don't know if that quite answers your question, but that's why I kind of really my strongholds are writing and reading because I feel like our literacy rates are very low for the state of Michigan, for our nation, for the U.S. Yeah. I mean, out of, out of to be a top performing country, we're ranking somewhere ninth or tenth in reading and literacy and in the world. And I feel like that just shouldn't be. I know there has to be a bottom, but I mean, hey, I'm, I'm an American. Yeah. I don't want to be, be the bottom. Yeah. And then, of course, you know, statistics show that by the third grade. You know, stats are pretty set. If you're not functionally literate by the third grade, uh, your pipeline to prison is that more defined. Or if you are, your pipeline to college and success thereafter can be kind of determined. And those are just statistics that have been taken over over decades. And, you know, we're paying attention to those. So we go out into the elementary schools, you know, with programs that read every month, every other week. I who's, volunteer. Who's, who's we? Oh, we have a couple different programs are going on that I'm involved with. Uh, Men of Color Read, which is a nonprofit organization uh, founded by John Covington. We have Reed Muskegon, mm -hmm. who uh, I'm I, uh, under the tutelage of Sarah Clawson. I volunteer at Muskegon Coveted Academy with that program to where I uh, help help with teens. Okay. So the Men of Color Read is with elementary school students. The Reed Muskegon is with teens right now. And we're also doing different initiatives to get involved with adults. Okay. So I'm a pretty spread thin. I think I can do a little more spreading with the volunteer work, but reading is fundamental. You know, it's key. 
And so what's it like when you go into those classrooms, into the schools with the different age kids? How oh, do they man. respond? The, the, the elementary kids are always just bright-eyed, bushy-tailed. I mean, they're obviously morning people, so it's <laughs> <laughs> like kids are just ready. You walk right. in, they're like, yeah, it's reading time. Whatever yeah. we were doing, Mr. and Mrs. So-and-so is going to have to wait, you know. Yeah. And they huddle around on the, on the carpet, and it's like I really get to put on a show for the kids you mm -hmm. know I really get to make reading fun for them because yeah. you know I can sit down and go uh you know Tom met Jane but we don't do Tom met Jane I'm like we do Tom met Jane yeah and we, you know <laughs> and we really involve the kids and it's uh it's, it's it's awesome in that capacity and then with the teenager group um, they are not, uh, it's not a mandated position that they have to show up. Okay. They actually are, are rated, their grade level of reading is, is found, and then they're presented with an opportunity to, uh, to develop with a mentor or a reader like myself. Okay. And so it's purely their choice. Do you work one-on-one -on -one then? Yeah. Um, yep. I okay. have three uh, learners that I work with and we do uh, different sessions. Okay. Yep. And is it after school, during school? This is during school. So this okay. is, I, I'll i be headed there after here actually. Okay. Um, but yep, every uh, every week I go there in the morning and I do about two hours okay. uh, a week. With, with the teenagers and then with the youth, uh, right now we're on a uh, on a monthly basis, uh, but we have forty plus guys that come during that time, so we're able to fill up many classrooms, wow. and it's just continuing to grow. And I'm looking forward to it being maybe biweekly instead yeah. of once monthly for that program. That's great. Yeah. As a teacher and a counselor who yes. works with teenagers yes. and who definitely believes in what you're saying here, I always tend to turn to you to answer all of the world's problems. Hey. I look at this and I just see teenagers that go, ah, words aren't fun, words are a lot of effort, <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't have the time, I'm really busy texting. Mm -hmm. What would you say to them? I'd say, uh, first of all, you need it. You need to be able to read and write properly to express yourself. Um, the world of texting, the world of um, shorthand is really set our children at a disadvantage, I would encourage them to start with things that you love. If you're into fashion, if you're into music, if you're into fishing, if you're into sports, start with literature around areas of interest to develop your vocabulary. From there, the world's your oyster. Because through that reading, you'll be able to take sentences that you just read and use them in your everyday life with your peer group. So now, we're, so now you're the person that they're going to that they're looking at for influence and they see how you grow so you spark the mind of your peer group and they begin to grow as well so you're not alone in it but it can be a scary thing when it's not in your home when it's not taught to you on a regular basis when you're not read to as a kid when you're passed through this you know sometimes antiquated school system as a teenager and you're not functionally literate but you just keep getting passed through the grades it can be disheartening, but I do encourage our oncoming generation, I encourage our parents, I encourage our teachers, our mentors, our leaders, that we have to take that additional time and make note of those cases and at least offer that hand up. Yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned you're a rapper. I'm a performing artist. Okay. I try to steer away from the rapper. Okay, term. so you, as a performing yeah. artist, yeah. as an entertainer, uh, how can we learn about what you're doing? How can we, oh, awesome. how can we check it out? Well, uh, Mickey Wallace 13 is my social media handle for most sites. So Facebook, Instagram, 
um, YouTube, Twitter, and Snapchat, I believe as well. SoundCloud as well. Um, okay. Across the social mediums, and it's all Mickey Wallace one three, Mickey Wallace thirteen. Okay. Yeah. So find me there, and of course, uh, well, not of course. For those of you who have just tuned into this podcast or just learning about this podcast, I'm an on-air personality here as well in Muskegon at one zero three seven The Beat. You can find us online at www.1037thebeat.com. What made you decide to start giving back? I mean, if you're pursuing music, if you're mm -hmm. pursuing entertainment, then a lot of people just go and they pursue their entertainment and everything else and we'll wait till I'm famous till I come back yeah. and help other people. Yeah. Um, there's something for everyone. You know, you got to really follow your spirit on that. You know, it's it's there was a time to where, you know, I lived out west for many years and I was fortunate to work with some some pretty big celebrities, but there was still a void, mm -hmm. you know, and even there I volunteered, you mm -hmm. know, I, I uh, volunteered in, in different capacities, but there's no place like home. You hear that saying? Mm -hmm. And when you know what you know, it's kind of you're, you're, you're kind of responsible. No one has to tell you you're responsible to, to do something when you know better. And really, my heart was just kind of pricked that I know better, that I can still pursue what I need to pursue in this type of capacity I'm from Muskegon. So I've been to New York, I've been Texas, I've done Florida, I've done LA, and my foundation is here in Michigan. I can launch pretty much anything I want to do. I mean, I'm in cahoots with five radio stations, so I think my music can get played if I want it played. Sure. But there's nothing like that feeling of being able to give back to your community and be there and involved. You know, I don't have to fly back in now because so many times I would fly back in mm -hmm. to do different events here in Muskegon you know, on my own dime as well. Right. So really it, the heart to give back, it just really came from knowing that people were there for me because people, my teachers didn't give up on me. My mentors didn't give up on me. You know, they didn't, they could have, Hey man, we're not going to be doing this anymore. I'm going to fly away and live over there. But they knew what that would have did to me. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel like I'm, I'm just as responsible now. What would you say to people who are listening and go, well, I don't have anything really to give. Oh, man. I don't have, I don't really have time. Or yeah. I don't really have money. Yeah. I'm just, I don't, you sound great, but mm -hmm. I can't do that. I just kind don't of have the time. I work two, three jobs. I do, I get it. Mm -hmm. I get it. I also am employed in uh, two different jobs and I volunteer often. I would say start small because our offspring, our children, our youth, our teenagers, our adolescents, they need commitment. They need consistency. They need commitment. They need some kind of security that so once true. I open up to you, you won't leave. Yep. Because that seems to be the norm that our children finally build confidence and trust and a teacher's transferred or mm -hmm. the job's not paying enough so they have to move or a mentor has been relocated or a family. There's always something that knocks them off their peg, you know, yeah. and they're coming from a lot of inconsistency in their social environment. And what we want to do as mentors, as learners, as readers, as guardians, we want to give them that consistency. We want to give them some dependability to where everything else might be going crazy. But you know what? We're going to keep this as close to the same as we can to give you a foundation to launch from. So I'd say start small, dedicate an hour a month. Okay. Start with one hour a month, whether it's a boys and girls club or whether it's a uh, elementary school that you have an in with a teacher that you can go in and read or be a teacher's help for that day start small and go from there because burnout is a real thing you still got travel time to get where you're going you still got your own priorities to handle that's life we get it 
So start small with the kids and, and watch how it grows. Is there a benefit to you for volunteering? And I sleep like a baby. Because <laughs> you're so tired? <laughs> no, it's, I'm fulfilled. It's one of those things, you don't get paid when you're volunteering. It's not like I go clock in and I'm like, oh man, I'm glad to get out of there. Like volunteering, when you're mentoring volunteering, it's it's like it's like going to the gas station, you know, you're you're getting charged up. You mm -hmm. know, I feel better afterwards. I feel like I'm honestly contributing mm -hmm. to the oncoming generation. So when I'm when my time is coming, I'm called on to the other side of the spiritual plane or wherever I'm going, however that works, I feel that I can rest well at that point. Yeah. I don't want to be like, Oh, I should've did this or I should've did that. I don't want that one kid who I could have helped out to see him on the news one day and like, man, I had an opportunity. I want our children to be better because I was here mm -hmm. and it's so I kind of get like it's kind of a selfish thing too if I, as I think about it I get just as much from it as I hope they get absolutely so it helps you, me sleep like a charm you get energized for sure knowing mm -hmm. that you're doing good and probably get a lot of learning yourself as you meet the other kids oh and yeah see what's going on. and you make a lot of wonderful connections as well mm -hmm. you know you're able to some of these kids who may not have uh, employable skills yet you know, you're able to help develop them uh, in those programs. And then maybe, you know, maybe I know someone or maybe one of my contacts knows someone who's looking to hire someone for a part time position. Oh, hey, I've been working with this guy or gal for so long. They've built rapport with me. I'm going to put my name with that person and try yeah. to get them that job then, yeah. you know. So it's so many. The benefits are just, you know, exponential for, for volunteering. Yes. Yeah. Final thing. So they're listening to you. They're motivated. They're like, wow, he's really excited about volunteering. Yeah. How can they do it? What should they, who should they contact? Uh, where do they go? I, I'd go back to my statement of start small. Start with your immediate circle. You know, oftentimes we miss great opportunities right around us. We don't have to go out of town. We don't have to go to another school district. We can volunteer right in our own backyard. So I'd say start with your local elementary schools. Mm -hmm. Start with your local shelters. Start with any kind of like chamber of commerce, you mm -hmm. know, any type of places I would say start asking. But specifically, if you don't have the time, make sure it's something that you're interested in. Okay. Don't go into a field that's totally out of your comfort zone because, yeah, you'll have growth opportunities there, but you want consistency. Mm -hmm. So you don't want to get started and then four weeks in, like, ah, I gave it a shot. I don't want to do this. Right. That's harmful you know, for everybody. That's harmful for the children. You, us as adults, we can adjust. We've been through enough, but it, it's hurtful to the kids. Mm -hmm. So start small. Start with something that interests you. If, you want to, if you're a sports person, volunteer at a gym class. Yeah. You know, go in and help. Just sit around. Help monitor. You might not even have to do nothing but have a presence. I've been influenced and affected by so many uh, teachers' aides who were a presence in the classroom. Absolutely. You know, it, it makes a world of difference. Start small, make it meaningful, and just stay consistent, I would say, and ask questions. You have to ask. You have to ask. No one's going to bring something to your table. If you want change to happen, you got to go out seeking it to happen and make it happen. Okay. Big roots. <laughs> yes. Well, it has been such a pleasure. I could interview you all day for sure and get lots of information. But is there any final thing you want to share with the listeners before we close this out? I'd say just continue to perfect your craft. You know, whatever it is you're wanting to do, if it's a thought that you have about where you want your future to be, ask for help to get there because no man or woman is an island. And I would continue to say, sharpen your skill, perfect your craft. If it's something, if you love to teach, if you love to write, if you love to read, you love to dance, 
work on it tirelessly because what's going to happen is we'll become so specialized that when we do connect with other people, our gifts and their gifts will be magnified mm -hmm. because if you're a good dancer and I'm a good writer and we bring our talents together, we can make a production out of that. Sure. You know, so I'd say be the best at what it is you'd like to do, whether it's professionally or, you know, if it's a hobby, whatever it is continue to just grow in it. That's what I would say. Love it. Well, thank you, Mickey Wallace. It's and my pleasure, Charlie. And this has been the Share Chair Podcast.